Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. We're in this series. We started last week on prayer. And, um, and I, I came across this quote this week. It's by Henri Nouwen. And he wrote these words. He said, in prayer, when we try to become very still, we often find ourselves so overwhelmed by our noisy inner voices that our inner life often looks like a banana tree full of jumping monkeys. You ever felt that way? Like through your prayers, it's all of a sudden, you know, your thoughts go all over the place. Um, So that's what this whole series is about, is helping us focus in on prayer and understand prayer. And we began this this last week. um, Last week we began with just two fundamental, foundational truths that that for any vibrant prayer life, that has to be a part of, of what you believe. And it's simply this, that I must believe that God really does love and care about me and Secondly, that he is able to work and make a difference in whatever I'm facing. Because if you don't believe those two things, you won't pray very much. You simply won't. That, that is absolutely essential to a solid, strong, vibrant, thriving life of prayer. Um, now today, what we're going to do is talk about something that I think is probably the greatest hindrance to prayer. And, and it really comes down to this idea, okay, well, if God is so loving and God is so powerful, why doesn't he answer all my prayers? <laughs> and I think... Probably the greatest motivator for prayer is when we get answers to our prayers and probably the greatest defeater or deflator of our prayer life is unanswered prayer. And so this morning, I want to take a look at this. Why is it that prayers go unanswered? Because if you've ever experienced that, and I'm probably everyone in this room have experienced that at least once in your life. And it might have been a very, very important prayer, something just so essential, you thought, and, and didn't get the answer. Maybe you're here this morning, and that describes you right where you're at. It might be about family or your marriage. It might be about a job or finances or health, but these are, these are huge things, and you're praying, and you're not getting the answer. What's up with that? What's going on when our prayers go unanswered? So that's what we're going to look at this morning, and, and I've got to give credit to two books that have been very, very influential for me in my understanding of, of prayer. Is, uh, Bill Hybels wrote a book, came across about 20 years ago or so, called Too Busy Not to Pray. And it's just a great book on prayer. The second one I picked up just a couple of years ago, um, and it's Philip Yancey's book. Um, in fact, I brought it with you. We've got a couple at the resource desk if you want to pick one up. Just simply called Prayer. Does it make any difference? And, and I relied heavily on these two books, particularly in this message, um, because it just the way that they put it together just made so much sense. So we're going to talk about why do prayers go unanswered. And the very first thing has to do with just simply the requests or the prayers themselves. And sometimes, if my request is improper, God may just be saying no. Because <laughs> some of the things that we ask for are just simply wrong. It's just the wrong thing to be asking for. Because sometimes we ask, our prayers are just so frivolous. You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me that I would pray, God, please make it a sunny day so it doesn't rain out my kid's Little League game, you know? When, when the farmers in the Central Valley are praying for rain for their crops, you know, it just, you can't answer both of those. And sometimes the things that we pray for just are frivolous. We pray that we win the game. Um, when I was a youth pastor, very early in my ministry, I was a youth pastor in a small town called Warrington, Oregon, one high school. And, and I became, uh, I was the athletic trainer for the team because they used a lot of volunteers from the community. Um, and then I also, because I was a pastor, I always did the team prayer before we went out on the field. 
And so I would always pray, Lord, help us to do our best. Give us strength. Keep us free from injury. And after a while, somebody said, how come you never pray for us to win? I said, well, I'm really not sure God is all that concerned with whether or not we win. By the way, that year we went to state championship. I just can't, can't not, not my prayers. You know, I can't take credit for it. But, but yeah, we ask for just things that are just frivolous. The things that we're asking for are just, they don't make much sense. Some of them are just irresponsible or unwise. Uh, we have a couple of examples of that, by the way, in Scripture. Um, on one occasion, um, the mother of James and John, two of Jesus' disciples, came to him. They, she asked this. She said, I have one request, Lord. Grant me that one, of the, that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right hand and the other at the left hand in your kingdom. And Jesus said, no. The kingdom of God doesn't advance by you asking your mommy for special seating, okay? It doesn't work that way. There was another occasion, actually, where um, Jesus and disciples, they were coming through Samaria, and there was actually a Samaritan village that denied them passage through the town. They had to go out and around the town. And and as they were walking by, uh, one of the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? Well, that would be a no. But thanks for asking, you know. It just, they just don't make sense. And sometimes God just simply says no. Because the things that we are asking for are frivolous or they are unwise or just simply wrong. And sometimes when God says no, a lot of times what we focus on is, well, maybe I didn't say it right. You know, maybe, maybe I didn't use the right wording. Maybe I need to pray in Jesus' name. Uh, maybe I should be kneeling when I pray. Maybe I should be standing when I pray. Maybe I should be laying flat on my face when I pray. You know, we got all these different things. We look at the technique. What is it that I'm doing wrong that I can't get the answer that I want? I've heard people, I, I had a friend, fellow pastor, was laid up in the hospital um, and, and with terrible back injury, just back problems just bothered him constantly and um and he had a brother-in-law who was also a pastor but he was kind of in one of the the big faith name it and claim it things and he came and visited him in the hospital and said well you know if you just had enough faith you'd be healed <laughs> well i don't have enough faith if you do why don't you pray for me okay <laughs> i mean those are the things that we start looking at and it really has nothing to do with how or what it's just simply what we're asking for isn't wise we are more concerned with our own happiness than we are with God's purposes. And sometimes God says no, because really what we're interested in is just that we be happy. James wrote about this. James chapter 4, verse 3 says, When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Sometimes my request is appropriate because it's simply self-serving. And God's going to say no. Now, he gives us the freedom to come to him and ask whatever. But you always got to give him veto power because he may just say no because what you're asking for just is not wise, it's improper, or it's just simply wrong. Because God's not all that interested so much in our happiness in that more that he's accomplishing his purposes in this world and in our lives. And in the same way that a a parent does not give in to every demand of their two-year-old, God doesn't always give in to us. Uh, Brian came across this video on YouTube. Um, It's a song. I don't know if you've seen this one, but watch this. Here's an example of that. I haven't been to church 
Since I don't remember when Things were going great Till they fell apart again So I listened to the preacher As he told me what to do He said you can't go hating others Who have done wrong to you Sometimes we get angry But we must not condemn Let the good Lord do his job You just pray for them I pray your brakes go Sometimes what we're asking for is just wrong. And God says, no. I mean, just think about what if God answered every prayer that you or I ever prayed with a yes? I mean, how would we use that kind of power? I mean, just just look at how we handle political power, how how we handle nuclear power. (laughs) You know, every time we get a hold of power, we seem to mess up with it. I think Jesus was the only one who lived on this earth that knew how to work well with God's power. And sometimes my prayers are improper. God just simply says, no, no. Now, sometimes, sometimes it has to do with timing. The the, the request is correct, but it's just the timing is off. And if my timing isn't right, God may simply say, slow. It's not a no. But it's a, it's a slow. It's not the right timing. Right request, wrong timing. That yes, what you're asking for is fine, but this is not the time for me to answer that. And you find numerous examples of this in Scripture. Throughout Scripture, you find there are often great gaps between promises that God made and their fulfillment. Prayers that are prayed and prayers that are answered. Daniel Daniel prayed for three weeks before he got the answer that he was praying for. Abraham, Abraham waited 20 years between the time God promised him a son and his son Isaac was born. The nation of Israel spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness, 40 years, because they got up to the land of promise, but they weren't ready for it. And so 40 years. And in fact, 
There is 400 years of prophetic silence from the time in the Old Testament the last prophet died and Jesus came and appeared on this earth. 400 years waiting for the promised Messiah. See, God often uses delay for His purposes. And sometimes what we're praying for and what we're asking for, it's the right thing. It's just the wrong timing. And God has really good reasons for delay. It's the reason, it's the reason we don't let people drive until they're at least 16 years old. Because <laughs> they're not ready. Did some research this week, found out. They're discovering now that they used to think that um, adolescent brains matured much earlier. Now they're discovering actually that the, that the brain actually doesn't develop probably till the early to mid-20s. And I was reading some research on this. One researcher put it this way. He said, a crucial part of the brain, the frontal lobes, are not fully connected. That's the part of the brain that says, is this a good idea? What is the consequence of this action? It's not that they don't have a frontal lobe. They can use it, but they're not going to be able to access it very fast. (laughs) Think of a teenage brain. Think of the teenage brain as an entertainment center that hasn't been fully hooked up. There are loose wires, so the speaker system isn't hooked up with the DVD player, which in turn hasn't been formatted to work with the television set. And on top of all of that, the remote control hasn't even arrived. Not ready. Just simply not ready. And sometimes God uses waiting for His purposes in our lives. Isaiah 40, verse 31 said, Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. What is the one word in that sentence that we hate the most? Wait. I hate to wait. We we are in such an instant society. We hate to wait for the time it takes our computer to boot up. And that's less than a minute. Our microwave doesn't heat the food fast enough anymore. We are impatient. And, 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 And more and more as our society and culture speeds up, we have less and less waiting patience and sometimes God is just saying slow down wait 2 Peter 3 I love this verse with the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness instead he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish that what looks like slowness to us is really God's timing, which is impeccable. And he's never too early, and he's never too late. And sometimes we just got to get on God's timetable because sometimes what he's trying to do is something in us, which actually is the third reason, that sometimes if it's my character that needs refining, God may be saying, grow, grow. This is an opportunity for you to grow. There are things that need to take place in your life right now through this situation. Sometimes we are the ones who are getting in the way of what God wants to do. We are getting in the way of the answers to our own requests. And what God wants to do is a refining work in our character and who He's making us become. Sometimes it's a breach in our relationship with other people and that affects our prayers. Look at this next verse, Matthew 5. If you are offering your gift at the altar, and by the way, Jesus said something like this on more than one occasion. If you are offering your gift at the altar and remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. 
First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. What if we really lived out that instruction? A lot of people would be much later to church. (laughs) Because you see, our relationships with other people affect our relationship with God. Yancey puts it this way. I love this. He says, every aspect of life, including how we treat those around us, affects an intimate relationship. I cannot say to my neighbor, I love you and enjoy spending time with you, but I hate your stupid dog and keep those bratty kids out of my yard, will you? (laughs) How I treat what belongs to my neighbor affects how he receives my love. Same applies to God. How I treat God's creation, God's children, will determine in part how God receives my prayers and my worship. Because prayer involves more than bowing my head a few times a day. It pervades all of life. And vice versa. Good friend of mine tells of having been hurt deeply by somebody. Just just hurt on purpose. And the anger and animosity and, 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 and the hatred that he had for this person. But he knew he couldn't keep that up. Knew before God that wasn't right. And so he just started praying. Because Jesus said, pray for your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. So he just started praying. And I remember he told the story. He said, I started the day, and sometimes it was just, God, for this one hour, I pray good for this person. Lord, for this one hour, I will think good thoughts. I will pray your blessing on their life. And he found after a time, he could go through the whole morning. So he was praying would just be, his prayer would just be, Lord, I may hate them the rest of the day, but for these four hours this morning, I will think only good of them, and I will only pray your blessing on their life. And he said, over time, he was able to extend that to the whole day. (laughs) And eventually, because of his prayers of blessing and love and forgiveness, he lost the anger and the hatred. And sometimes that's just what God's trying to do. Sometimes he says, grow. This is a growing time for you. God often uses the most difficult circumstances in our life as times to grow us. And our unanswered prayer may simply be, this is a learning time. This is a growing time for you. Remember, we talked last week. Prayer is about a relationship. It's not a transaction. And my relationship with other people affects my relationship with God. And in fact, sometimes the blockage is my relationship with God. Look at this next verse. Your sins have separated you from your God. They have caused him to turn his face away from you so he won't listen to you. Like any relationship, when something comes between us, conversation gets very, very difficult. And so it is with God. Sometimes our actions and our behavior cause this barrier between me and God. The Bible calls that sin. And sometimes our prayer just simply means needs to be prayers of repentance, prayers of forgiveness, which, by the way, is the one prayer you can count on that God will answer. In your bulletin, we we put this the last couple of weeks, this prayer reminder card, and we encourage you, for this week, just for the next four weeks, be praying. And this whole last week was just on focusing on the God that we pray to. And it was just, the scriptures there for you to read for each day and make that a part of your prayer. Just learning to praise and thank God for who he is. This week, here's a really good one. Focus on repentance. 
Lord, here's where I'm out of whack. Here's what needs to change. I know this is causing a barrier between you and me. And it may be the very reason why I'm not getting the answers to the prayer that I'm praying. So take this card. If you didn't get one last week, take it home with you. On the back for the next four weeks, just prayer guidelines. Scriptures that you can read. Because see, ultimately God wants us to grow up. James writes about this. It's not in your outline, but let me read you from James chapter 1. He says, Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work in you so that you may be mature and complete. I've had sometimes people who are brand new Christians, just new to the faith, and and it seems like every prayer that they pray gets answered. And then after a while, after a couple of years, you know, they'll come make an appointment, they come say, say, you know, I don't understand it. It used to be every prayer that I prayed, God answered, like just incredibly. And now I pray and he doesn't answer anymore. Why is that? I said, well, it's kind of like when you got a little baby in the house and the baby screams and cries and you don't even know what it is they're crying for, but you know they need your help. And so you run to them and you, you try to comfort them. You change a diaper, you feed them, you, whatever it is that they need to do, you need to do. But as they grow up, you kind of back off a little bit because they need to learn to take care of themselves. God does the same thing with us. Sometimes unanswered prayer is God's way of saying, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. John 15, 7, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I think what Jesus is saying there is, the answers to your prayer comes from the time that you spend remaining in me. Because the longer I spend time with God, the more I spend time in his word, the better I understand him the better I understand his purposes and his work in this world. And so the better I pray because I start asking for the things that I know are in accordance with what God wants to see happen. And I think that's what he's saying there. If you remain in me, my words remain in you, then ask what you will and it'll be done. Because I learned to pray better prayers. So sometimes God's simply saying, grow. It's another option. It might be, Sometimes if I'm asking God to act, God to perform a miracle, God, you got to intervene in session, in this situation. Sometimes what he's saying is, no, you go. <laughs> Sometimes he's asking us to be a part of the answer to the prayer. Last week we talked about this, that, that prayer is about relationship. It's about partnership, that in prayer, God calls us into partnership with what he is doing in this world. And often we think we are the ones who are initiating prayer. But in truth, it's God who's initiated it. God has brought the situation into our life. God has presented this world problem before us so that we would be as concerned about it as he is and begin to pray. And in our prayer, a part of the prayer ought to be, Lord, what do you want me to do? Tom Agam, president of Hope for Kids International, um, he tells a story about his first visit to Uganda and seeing um, all of these orphan children because of the AIDS epidemic there and their prayers and their prayers for God to help and intercede. And, And Tom says, I remember standing and praying, God, why don't you hear their prayers? And he said, it was like God said to me, I have. You're the one who's supposed to do something. Mark South, who was with us a couple weeks ago with Origin Coffee and Tea, his 
God moved him by this plight of human sex trafficking in the world. Moved him to the point where he knew God was calling him to be a part of the answer. Part of the solution. And sometimes unanswered prayer is God is waiting for us to step out in faith. They say, no, you go. Proverbs 21, 14 said, those who shut their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. See, prayer is not an excuse for inaction. And I think sometimes part of our prayer ought to be, okay, God, where am I supposed to be part of the answer to this prayer? Is there something you're calling me to do to help address this issue? See, God could act alone and ignore us and leave us out of the picture completely. Or he could leave it entirely up to us and not get involved at all. But in prayer, what he has done is he has called us to partner with him. And in his strength and power, in our actions and behavior, to accomplish his work in this world. And sometimes God is saying that it's time for you to go. Time for you to step out. Sometimes by direct action. 1 John 3, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask because we keep His commands and do what pleases Him. For some reason, God has tied prayer to action. God has tied our prayers to what He does in this world and in that He has called us to do something. And sometimes unanswered prayer, God is just saying, it's time for you to step up. So keep that in mind. All of a sudden, you're not going to pray so much anymore. (laughs) But maybe he's calling you to do something. And then the last one. And, And it's just simply this. If nothing else makes sense, God may be saying, just trust that I know. Just trust me. Because there are some prayers that we don't get the answer to and we never understand why. And they may be heartfelt prayers. They may be important prayers. They might be life-critical types of prayers. And we don't understand. And I got to tell you this morning, I don't have an answer to that one. There is a mystery to that. There are sometimes God doesn't answer, and I can't explain why that is. It's just that He doesn't. And in those moments, it comes down to, will I trust Him? Even though I don't see the results that I'm asking for. And this may be the hardest of all. Because it's when we're in those kinds of situations and those kinds of prayers that God seems so far away and so capricious and unloving and uncaring. And I don't know why. I don't know why. But I know in Scripture we have examples of that too. The Apostle Paul talks about this thorn in his flesh. And he said, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. There's not an answer to this one, Paul. You're just going to have to trust me. Not going to take this away. Now, and, and by the way, when he says three times I pleaded from the Lord, it wasn't like I prayed three times and that was it. He's talking about on three occasions I pleaded with God. I prayed the best that I knew how to pray. And God's answer was simply, no, my grace is enough for you. This one you're just going to live with. And I don't understand why. 
except that somehow in my weaknesses, God shows his strength. And sometimes in his nose, he's just teaching me to rely and to trust in him. And it doesn't make sense. And I can't explain it. But sometimes I've just got to trust God knows. And if you think about it, if you think about it, probably the greatest no prayer <laughs> that ever went unanswered was the one that brought the greatest, greatest power and change to this world. Because Jesus, on the night he was arrested, prayed this prayer. Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not what I will, but as you will. God's own son, come to earth, prayed a prayer, and the answer was no. (laughs) And because the father answered no to that prayer, it opens up a whole realm of yeses for you and me. And sometimes it's just a matter of trusting that in God's wisdom and in God's way and in God's work in this world, it doesn't make sense. But God is doing something even when he says no. And you might be there this morning and you don't understand why God is saying no. And we go through all of these possible reasons and none of them make sense until you get to the last one. It's just like, well, then I guess I'll never really understand. But I will do this, God. I'll trust you. And maybe that's just our prayer when it comes right down to it. Lord, not my will, but yours. You know best. And I'm going to trust you. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.